my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to this latest episode of Black Girls Heal. Some of you recognize our intro music from a previous podcast that I used to host called Love Junkie. And I have brought that intro back because I missed the music. I liked it a lot better than our current intro. And also we're kind of returning back to our roots a little bit. We're going to be digging all into intimacy disorders and attachment and how we form relationships. And so I thought it would be fitting for us to have our own homecoming um, because the week that this is published um, is actually the same week that Beyonce put out her homecoming homecoming um, Coachella um, documentary, which I loved. Um, I watched it when um, it first happened a year ago <laughs> um, and all of the videos and all of the copies last year. And then I watched it again this year as if it was brand new to me, um, cried a couple tears. You know, I, I am that person. And so um, just wanted to just bring a full circle as much as I could in my own little world. So at Black Girls Hill, it's my mission to help you as women have healthy relationships um, by way of inner healing, because it is my belief, is my experience, is what I've seen and studied that we just continue to recreate the same unhealthy emotional patterns until we break the cycles, until we unlearn them, and until we get at the um, at the inner root um, for, that all this grew from, and the inner root that um, that dictates how we attach to others is how our relationships were or were not with um, adults, with siblings, with caregivers, and others. And so for this episode, I'm not going to get into the breaking down in the history and um, how to figure out the roots and how to heal from those roots, um, because I talk about that in other places. But I really want to outline what the cycles look like for you, because what I've noticed is that there are a lot of people who are caught in these unhealthy intimacy disorders. They don't have a name for it. Um, they compare themselves to other people who might have had some relationship issues, but for the most part, they have healthier ways of connecting to other people. They have more, um, internal resources. And so they, as they see like they keep having the same pattern and same pattern all over again, um, are hit by shame are helped by, well, there, maybe there's something wrong with me. I don't know why I can't just let go. I don't know why I keep getting, um, stuck in this place. And so this episode is to hope, help you hopefully have a label to what is going on. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. 
Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coast of Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes on your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coast of Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So first, let me describe to you what I say intimacy disorder is. Intimacy disorder is any unhealthy pattern that we have that um, inhibits us from connecting in a healthy way to other people. So this could look like that it's a struggle for us to be vulnerable, to trust, to let other people in. It could be that we constantly let in the wrong people. And so we trust people who are not trustworthy, um, but we have um, barriers up for people who could be good for us. Um, A lot of times there's an extreme fear of abandonment and rejection. There's a fear of people who may come in and take away our freedom and over control us. And we can be on opposite sides of either of those spectrums of either letting too many people in or not letting people in at all or not enough. And um, the way that we know that this is an intimacy disorder versus just a one-time thing or just um, a minor problem is that we find that we have this issue in all of our relationships. And so um, um, that we either operate on one of those two spectrums versus um, we do have some healthy relationships and some healthy connections. Um, So... I'm going to focus mostly on um, how this shows up in romantic relationships because that is my favorite thing to work on. That's um, our main entry level with Black Girls Heal, even though when we help folks and when we give you resources, these are resources that you can use everywhere. But, um, But I love talking about just the romantic connection and how that shows up. So let me give you a couple of terms. So when I'm talking about intimacy disorders, one label that I will use is called a love addict. And then the other um, label is a love avoidance. So someone who is a love addict is um, constantly trying to use either people, the fantasy of relationships or actually relationships um, to fill an inner hole and then they mistake it for love. And so that idea that if I find someone who um, will be my perfect fit, then everything will be okay. Um, a love addict usually has unmet emotional needs um, that they try to fit, um, fill using these things, using people, using the fantasy of other people. Um, and a lot of times it's very compulsive. And so um, this could be someone who's a serial monogamer and constantly in relationships. This could be the person who 
um, is um, finds it hard to be by themselves. This could be the person who is technically single, but still connected to people who are not good for her. This could be the person who has everything all together in all other areas of her life, but when it comes to partnerships and relationships, she lets her walls down in unhealthy ways or with unhealthy people, um, and she finds herself settling and compromising to try to get that other person to be who she wants them to be, who she needs them to be, the potential that she sees in them. Um, and again, because it's a compulsive and impulsive, she's doing these things even when um, she doesn't want to, even when she wants to walk away, even when she wants to let go, even when logically she could tell herself she deserves better. Um, following through with those actions and beliefs is hard or impossible. So where the love addict struggles with um, attaching too much and kind of using love as um, this thing that they're chasing to try to feel better on the inside, the love avoidant um, puts up walls. And so they do not feel like feeling emotionally overwhelmed by other people. They don't really like people who they consider clingy. Um, they see love and connection as kind of like an obligation. So they want to be connected to people, but it's draining and um, it's taxing. And um, truth is they rather kind of be by themselves or have people available to them at their own discretion and whenever um, it is convenient for them. When they are in a relationship and they feel like someone is getting a little bit too close, they do a lot of things to kind of detach and distract. And so it could be that they um, get another outside relationship or they dig more into their work or hobbies, um, that they um, spend more time with friends, that they start not telling the truth any of those things, all of those things. And the reason why um, I'm discussing this is not only that these are unhealthy patterns in themselves, is that love addicts and love avoidance typically are attracted to each other. And so remember, a love addict is someone who is constantly looking for love and looking for someone to give it to them. They are almost always um, attracted to someone who is a love avoidant. So someone who by nature, um, or by learned nature, I should say, because these are things that all of us can heal from, all these can get to the other side of, but um, they're attracted to someone who for argument's sake by nature um, is built to not want to give it to you. And so they're constantly chasing people who um, have walls up, who um, may initially attach to them and be really um, infatuated and have this honeymoon, but very slowly or maybe sometimes quickly, um, this person starts to pull away. And the love addict is trying to get it to be back to what it used to be. So they have this initial passion, high intensity, whatever it might be. And they really want that to, they want to reclaim that. And so they're looking to try to fix it. What do they, what do they need to do? What does the avoidant need to do? Um, do they just need to try a little bit more? Maybe um, he or she is um, asking for too much and they start to compromise. Um, you know, all those things and the love avoidant, the more the love addict kind of chases them and comes closer, he or she moves away. Um, it kind of like reinforces to see you're the one who, with the issues. I told you I need a space. Um, you're doing too much. You're the one with the problem. I'm the one who's healthy and, um, and emotionally mature. And you're the one who can't hold it together. And so you're the one who needs to change. And so this is the cycle that they're in until the love addict pulls away and then the love avoidance, because secretly she is also afraid of abandonment and rejection. She will move back closer to the love addict. Now she 
And but the way that she sees it is that is that the love addict finally gave her space that she was asking for. And now she's ready to move forward. Um, but what it really is, is she started to get, um, get a whiff of the fact that the love addict didn't need her anymore, um, was starting to be by themselves and they were afraid of losing that person. So then they moved forward. Okay. So this is the cycle. This is the dynamic. And so to help you out, I am going to talk a little bit more about the love addict and the love avoidant, um, in themselves, um, instead of in the cycle, um, because it's important for you to know what each person is looking for and what they're attracted to so that you know, if this is you, what you can try to do differently and what you can look to try to heal. I think a lot of times when it comes to intimacy disorders, we spend way too much time focused on the other person or on the relationship. You know, I, um, you know, I'm a therapist outside of here. And one of the things that I decided to put into place is, um, I said I would only see people individually. And I did that because I, for a long time would have people calling me to maybe want to do couples therapy because they came in because they wanted me to help fix their partner. So maybe a love addict is always, it was actually always a love addict would call saying, well, we have these relationship issues. I need you to help us, um, kind of fix what, what came into play, but they would be so focused in me trying to help them get this fantasy relationship back that they completely lost that they had their own things they needed to work on. They had their own inner healing and that they were trying to, um, they were depending way too much on this other person to give them control, um, or to heal this inner wounding that even if this was the most healthy relationship in the world, the love addict wasn't aware that they would still feel the same emptiness because, um, what they were hoping that love would give them, this romantic love would give them, um, was not actually going to, um, satisfy that itch. It wasn't going to actually heal that inner longing, um, but they didn't know that. And so I've started to just say, okay, I'm only seeing people individually, um, because you have to get you right before you can even be in any healthy relationship. Okay. And so that is the goal of black girls heal to help get you right so that you can transform your relationships. Instead of you trying to get some other people to make you happy, girl, you make yourself happy first and then everything else follows. And I know for people who struggle with intimacy disorders, that is a very frustrating thing for someone to say, make yourself happy first, because 99% of y'all are doing all the things that are supposed to be making you happy and you still don't feel happy, right? Like, or at least you have all these great things, but you're still feeling like something is missing. And so that could be really frustrating when someone's like, well, it all starts with you. And you're like, I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to. And so I understand that. And I get that. And, um, there's this attachment stuff goes a lot deeper, but again, that's not this episode. That's another time, another place. So let's get into this cycle. So tell me if this is you, you have a sneaking suspicion that there has to be something that you're missing when it comes to helping you have better relationships. You've read the books, you've tried to put the things into place, but nothing seems to be working. And so you wonder if it has to be you. If that's you, if you can relate, I want you to take our free 
masterclass titled How to Fix Your Internal Magnet, the six-step method to stop attracting and obsessing about unavailable partners to get the love you deserve. We're going to dig into the three mistakes that are keeping unavailable people around you. We're going to break down what unavailable people are, and then I'm going to explain to you my exact method to help you heal and change that internal magnet. To sign up, go to blackgirlsheal.org slash masterclass or click the link in the show notes and find a time that works for you. Okay, so let's talk about what each one of these two extremes needs. So a person who's a love addict, what they deeply desire is security, safety, acceptance, and feeling one with the person that they're with. And so the biggest fears are abandonment and underlying the fear is um, healthy intimacy. And so that could be pretty ironic because the love addict is really trying to connect with someone. So how could they actually at their core be really afraid of intimacy? That is because a love addict at her core um, still has some kind of, um, some low self-esteem or low self-worth. And so part of the ways that she copes is by taking care of the other person, by investing in the relationship. Um, for some of you who may be single right now, but identify with love addiction, you could find that when you're single, you find other people and other things to take care of. So whether it's family members, whether it's your kids, whether it is, um, really digging into your job, it is really hard for you to stop and focus on you. You really kind of have no, no desire to do that, or you've been able to convince yourself, but that by you taking care of other people, you are loving yourself because you're a really kind person. You're really compassionate and you're really generous, right? But when it comes to just sitting in silence and being by yourself, maybe there's a little bit of anxiety that comes up. And so you not really knowing how to be in touch with you and love all of you, you cope by distracting yourself with relationships, people, and things. In other words, you are really afraid that if someone sees the real you, that maybe they won't like you anymore. Maybe they might reject you. Um, and for some people, um, you might have had relationships where that happened. And for some of you... Um, hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Your relationships have been so shallow or you, um, you kind of have so many relationships that no one's ever gotten to see the real vulnerable you. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. You as a love addict, you are attracted to self-contained people who appear strong and they appear stable, um, but they're often avoidant um, or um, maybe OCD. Um, And these are people who are just like people who um, you've had in your past often. You as a love addict, some of your behaviors include idealizing your partners. Um, So they're perfect or they have the potential of being perfect, which is why you stay. You may obsess about them. You may talk obsessively about them with other people. Um, Whenever you feel abandoned and rejected, you could either withdraw, but a lot of times you can go straight to acting on an anger or revenge. Sometimes the anger and revenge is minimal um, as in, as in damage that maybe you unfollow them, you break up with them. You say that it is over for some of you, you go straight up Carrie Underwood style, you know, or waiting to exhale style. Like you're burning up their stuff. Um, you're stalking them. You're causing problems at their job because you feel really hurt. You know, you're calling, calling them, messing with their money, you know, (laughs) all of that stuff to try to get them to come back to you to say that they're sorry to hurt the same way that you've been hurt. Right. Also, a behavior is that you're looking for instant closeness, looking for that magic feeling when you first meet someone, which is why with healthy people, um, you really find them boring or lame or you're not really that interested in them. Um, And you might kind of give them a try at first, but then it just fizzles out. Also, like I said, for a love addict, you know, typically it's really hard for you to leave the person that you're with because you're really trying to fix it. Um, but one of the ways that you cope and you actually do make space is if you have another relationship that is lined up. 
And so this doesn't necessarily mean that you are cheating, but at least um, what gives you confidence to leave is knowing that um, you don't, that there's other options, that you won't be left alone and abandoned and rejected if you leave the partner that you're with that's an avoidant. So this could look like um, work, um, emotional affairs. This could look like um, just flirting with other people just in general. Um, so there's not really a set person, but you're kind of like getting this kind of hit and this rush and this validation um, by just being um, the girl who gets lots of attention from other people. Um, but whatever it might be that you are uncomfortable letting go just for the sake of letting go because there's fear of what's on the other side, especially if what's on the other side is nothing or there's a possibility that there would be nothing. And finally, the way that you enter a relationship as a love addict is someone who kind of has um, this fantasy um, and that this is it, that this strong, capable, stable person is the one. Um, there's a lot of denial often in how avoidant this person is. And so I know that I said that sometimes it starts off with a lot of infatuation and everything is perfect, but more often than not, whenever I um, talk with people about how these relationships start, um, there are clear red flags. And so maybe the person is not a full out narcissist or someone who is abusive, but there are clear signs that this person was not the right fit from you from day one. Um, and so, but that gets overlooked because again, you see all the potential of how good it could be over time. The avoidant becomes distant. They shut down. They might abandon the relationship in some way. So even though they might even still be physically present in the relationship, they are emotionally or mentally no longer there. Um, you may act out in ways to try to get a revenge or to help you feel better. Um, if they're not going to be in the relationship, then you aren't either. And so you find other ways to try to distract yourself. Um, but really it's just a ploy to kind of like buy time or to get them to reinvest. And the only way that this cycle ends is either one or both of you find another relationship, um, usually, or that person, the avoidant ends the relationship with you. Um, but, um, typically a love addict does not leave the relationship unless she has other prospects or if she's working with me <laughs> here in black girls heal or working with someone to help them get to the root of this. Um, typically it's just, it's not on her own. All right. And now let's talk about a love avoidant. So a love avoidant does want to be connected. They don't want to be alone. Um, they want to be in a relationship. They just don't want to be connected too closely. A love avoidance biggest fear is being um, taken over and engulfed and overwhelmed. Um, and so intimacy is, is, is scary. Um, it is a threat because before when people have been trying try to be close to them, they've tried to take their identity. They've tried to take their freedom and independence and they don't want that. And also a love avoidant, even though they have these walls up, most of the time they have a really hard time rejecting other people or saying no. And so they will make it with a love addict who in a lot of ways could be very dependent on them, um, you know, either financially or emotionally or mentally. And so the love avoidant is also a caretaker. It just looks differently. Um, and that's also why the love addict, right, is a attracted to the love avoidant because he or she um is often like they seem like they're so mature and they seem like they can like teach them a lot of things and they are really wise and the love avoidant likes to be able to be in that position they like to be able to give in that way 
But because the love avoidant is just as unhealthy as the love addict, even though on the outside they may have all these things that makes it look like that they're stronger, they struggle with their boundaries. And so they will stay in relationships because they're afraid of hurting someone's feelings. Um, they're, uh, they say out of guilt, right? A love avoidant likes the love addict because he or she provides a lot of the energy and enthusiasm and intimacy for both of them. So they just kind of have to be there and show up because they don't really want to give all of that energy or, and sometimes they don't even know how to do it. So they love to be with someone who's kind of their yin to their yang in this way, but their behaviors are pretty ambivalent all the way through. They might be in a relationship out of guilt. They may be there because it's comfortable. They may be there because they're putting so much energy in all these other things that they don't really have the energy to even think about the relationship and decide, okay, is this going to work or not? I don't know. Um, it's fine right now. I'll just think about this later. It's kind of their attitude. And the way a love avoidant gets into a relationship is they may show initial um, traditional romantic pursuing at the beginning, you know, and so like they are in it to win it from the beginning, right? Like um, that's where the honeymoon comes in at. It feels very mutual. But um, as time goes on and the love addict wants more attention, um, the avoidant attempts to please them by giving it to them at first, but over time it becomes really draining and they start to resent it. And so they start to become overwhelmed. The avoidant does by what the love addict needs. And a lot of times us as avoidants, um, we can be overwhelmed by basic, normal, healthy, emotional needs in a relationship. We don't want to give anything at all because we really want to preserve and protect ourselves. Our biggest fear, again, is someone taking our identity, taking our freedom, trying to take our goals from us, trying to direct us. We've worked really hard to regain our lives, right? Because somewhere along the way, we have people who try to over control us, people who promise us things and didn't follow through. And so as women, we have learned how to be independent and to take care of ourselves. And so um, if we have someone coming in trying to take those things from us or what feels like they're trying to take those things from us, we get really protective and really defensive. So it happens as well whenever um, we start to feel crowded as avoidance. If we're not um, doing outside things where we have friends or people on the side, you get what I mean by friends and people on the side. Um, it could be romantic and sexual or just have our own life. Um, we can tend to become really critical of the love addict or any partner that we're with. We can even be with someone who is healthy. Again, um, you know, we're, we're afraid of being too close. And so someone that has a healthy expectation of us sharing our lives with them um, feels like a threat. And so to push that person away or to regain power, we can become really critical. Sometimes we can be critical to people's faces and say, you know, this is what's not working for me in the relationship. Sometimes um, if we struggle with communication, we become critical in our head and that person just starts to get on our nerves and we never tell them. And so it grows and grows and grows into a resentment until um, there's really nothing that that person can do to fix it because we've already created a different narrative and a different belief about who this person is and why they're not a good fit for us and why we don't need to invest in this relationship anymore. Um, so it's really kind of unfair how we do that sometimes as avoidance. And again, you know, we may come back to the relationship out of um, fear of being by ourselves um, the person um, changes in the way that we want them to change. And so we try a little bit, but, you know, 
at the at our core it's hard for us to get close so even that doesn't work um or we might feel guilty because some of us may have partnered with someone who really is um insecure independent and so we are afraid to let go because we put ourselves in a place of savior and in the place of someone who has to be there even though it's never been our responsibility it still isn't our responsibility but um we've made it that that way in our own minds and so we stay to try to take care of and fix but really because we are attached in an unhealthy way and we have our own criticism and resentment in our minds um us staying isn't really helping things either but whatever the case you know even if we really cared about the person oftentimes we can move on pretty quickly because we are very very good at finding other things to help fill our holes we are very um we are very resilient in that way and either finding another partner is not hard for us or we have other things that we use to numb out and distract ourselves. So this is a lot of information, right? Um, you know, the truth is, is that everything that I talked about, again, are learned behaviors and they're all learned behaviors because they are covering up a deeper root. So the biggest problem that people make is they kind of spot what some of their patterns are. They get information about that and then they try to um, change their behaviors from the outside in. And that's not really going to work, you know, kind of like if you have a toothache, um, and you go and you get some dental cream to kind of numb the pain of it. Yeah, it'll take the pain away, but there is a decaying root that's underneath it. That's causing that pain. And the more that you don't get at the root, the worse the problem's going to get. Okay. So I wanted to have this podcast episode to help illuminate some of the things that you may be going through that you just think are typical, normal behaviors that everybody goes through, which is not the case. Um, and it could be that everyone in your inner circle um, is going through some of these patterns, but that is because they also have their own inner healing to do. And so that is it for this ep episode. I am so happy to be serving you in this way. Remember that you are never too late and never too far to turn it back around. I'll talk to you next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. 